I had no idea how to play any instrument at all besides the trombone. And so, so when I joined, I joined the band and he goes, uh, he's like, you say you play right. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not very good. And I fu I fucking lied to him. I don't know how to play shit. And, uh, he's like, all right, you're the bass player then. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is a member of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne is Also Banned podcast. Today, I have Dan Wachtel and Austin Yancey. And you may know Dan from such bands as Rocket Mouth, The Wachtels, Skyote, Raise the Dead, Not for the Faint of Heart, Chucky Nux, Nuxville Records. And then Austin, you may know from such bands as Not for the Faint of Heart, Gorot, Spilling Satan's Blood, Chucky Nux, and some solo stuff here and there. So, Dan and Austin, welcome to going? the show. Thank you. So today, we're going to be listening to the song Gun to Your Head off the single Gun to Your Head, which was, I believe, was this your last release? Yes. Yeah. Before, um, before I guess, is, is the word disbanding or... Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, band put on hold. Yeah, band put on. Oh, okay. So there is there is hope for the There's, future. There is hope, but it'll be some years and some change before that happens again. So I guess without much further ado, why don't we just go ahead and listen to the song?
Welcome back. So, I always like to ask, and and this may be awkward because I have two songwriters here. Um, so, with this, what came first, the words or the music, or was there a riff or something that came out? I think, ultimately, the riff came first. Like, I would just, to test out distortion, that was just kind of my... Uh, tester if I just go dun, 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 there it would be and then wait, wait 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 can you do that again dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yes <clears throat> and and sometimes you would even do that with a guitar yeah right? yeah but okay, very good. rarely we do that with the guitar it's just all acapella yeah I know yeah. You, you guys have amazing voices that's Thanks. for for acapella that's Thanks. that's just great Anyway, carry on. I'm sorry. Uh, then I then I came up with the lyrics, and I never really thought of like any formatting. But then then I then like the lyrics came to me one day when I was just kind of a mind versus mind mentality, just like within myself. I was just thinking like Miss May I, uh, August Burns Red, the Acacia Strain, and I just kind of put that all together with the format and there it was and then we just pieced it together with the band so is your usual uh format i'm assuming you do i guess you could say the more of the harsher vocals from what i've seen and then yeah dan that's you doing the the more i don't know is there it's uh, please explain clean, what is that what style clean, is that called uh, where it's cleans, like harsh cleans and gutturals like Cleans like it. the harsher okay. stuff is like referred to as like scream meter gutturals and then like the lighter like actual singing is like cleans on the recording it's all me but when we played it live it was it's uh him doing back and the, forth me and dan. yeah okay it was, it was originally going to be on the recording me and dan but uh i just recorded the vocals and then i was just like uh it, it sounded good as it is basically so we just left it alone gotcha so um did you re- you recorded this locally or I yeah, in uh, Dan's living room. Actually. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mixed it through GarageBand and recorded everybody, and then sent it off to uh, Mr. Mark Wyman. Yep. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Over at uh, Tone Good Studio. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, and sir. he mastered it. Was there a particular instance that brought up the inspiration for the song, or or something that you that that you felt was important to express with this song uh well from uh from my understanding of it <clears throat> i was uh since i write riffs like 95 percent of the time like some of the riffs that i write end up becoming the songs because i can't stop playing guitar it's kind it's kind of a curse like i'll come up with a riff and then another riff and then another riff and then we'll have five riffs with one set of lyrics trying to combine like this and the other into the song and uh me and Dan were in Guitar Center, and I was, like, burnt out, and he's like, dude, check this out, and then he did the dun-dun, and then I made fun of him, because it sounded like uh, uh, some generic, like, heavy metal song, and I, I was you like, said, uh, I said it was Cannibal Corpse, yeah. but not, yeah, and I was like, dude, that fucking sucks, and then uh, I grew into it, kind of, and then... Uh huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know how to explain it. Like, I shit. I shit on everything Dan does, but deep down, I secretly love it. So it's kind of that band relationship yeah. kind of thing. Let's just talk about one of the. I guess uh, the the line. I guess you could call it the mm, chorus. Maybe I don't know. The I've been forced through hell and back to try to get through this. Yeah. Would you say that's the pre-chorus? Pre-chorus. Or yeah. The chorus itself. Um, yeah. When I. Uh, <clears throat> That that line was just kind of 
lead into the next line, which was "I'm the last man standing because ignorance is bliss," which uh, which came from I've I was hearing things about somebody who will remain nameless, and I was I kind of felt like I was the first for one of the first ones to hear about it because everybody else was just being uh-huh. happy and they were like buddy all buddy buddy with this person and i knew the dark parts of in my personal opinion i think that dan or me and dan in general have like the mindset to look over being friends with a person just because like they've been your friend but then like went and did some like dirty shit Wow. Yeah. Whereas to everybody wants to uh, forget about it and move on, like nothing happened. The, the line next is, if I stop to think this through, I might end up dead. That hit me in the feel. Since I, this is the first song that I had no uh, help in writing with besides uh, the guitar solo and like part of the riff. But that line to me hit home because we've both been in situations where if we think about it too much, it'll start you know eating at us until the point where right. it's just insane. So might have been more of a me being overdramatic like i tend to do that when i write songs is that i don't keep it at the same level in which the actual situation that i'm writing about was at somebody calls me doo-doo head at school and i think and i think about that and i'm like hey that was kind of mean i like overdo that when i write so that way i just kind of had something to put out there and it usually ends up pretty good wait wait, wait. does that mean that the entire basis of the band is based on someone calling you a doo-doo head in elementary school yeah okay just just clearing things up All that's right. why i like metal today i had a rough childhood <laughs> You're a doo-doo head. So, someone called me doo-doo head in first grade and i just cannot recover <laughs> so it's like all right fuck this shit i'm out then it, it kind of comes back to that it it's times like this i think i have a gun put to my head is that that's part of your you're expressing what you're saying that you need to make a decision on this you have soon i have a tough i have a tough decision to make and not much time to make it without naming names so this entire song is about having that situation knowing something about a person that you kind of make a decision to do I cut this tumor out or do I treat this tumor kind of ideas what I'm thinking about that goes along with the idea of the catch 22 fucked if I do fucked if I don't Uh, life is hard when the things that you love are being held hostage was this situation in particular with a in a certain way it it affected those that you love around you that kind of thing okay yes gotcha and I understand the the need to keep that anonymous how do you usually bring songs to the band for both of you so, like if um, you write a song how do you bring it to the band it's it's better to uh act this out so to speak okay hey dan i have a riff okay cool put some lyrics all right and then that's it you. that's literally how we write songs like, okay and like, then and then we just bring it to the band and they figure out what what's going on sometimes sometimes there'll be a okay maybe try again with something else i'm not really feeling how you're playing yeah. that part you know and then yeah or just kind of uh, fine-tune it and, i don't i don't yeah. like this lyric like could we replace it with another word like yeah kind of a little bit of i don't know how to explain it it's like not how bands would normally like be at each other's throats but it's like it's like petty like first grade like arguing if that makes any sense <laughs> not really uh it's kind of <laughs> like um <sighs> 
it's kind of like you turn in a first draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you turn in a first draft essay, and your your language arts teacher kind of tells you what you could do to make it better, and then maybe third revision is where it gets where it gets to where everybody's happy. Well, damn! At least your language arts teacher liked you. Oh, none of my language <laughs> arts teachers liked me. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would write some like really dark and brutal shit. And oh, I like, would always do that too. <laughs> and they were like, they're like, no, you're in kindergarten. Calm, <laughs> calm, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was writing dark stuff in high school. <laughs> you're in kindergarten. <laughs> no, I was in kindergarten going, life sucks. They fucking broke my crayon. Like, when did "Not for the Faint of Heart" actually form? Because it's gone through a few changes and iterations, right? Like, yeah, different yeah. people and. So, it was like, I started. I started Skyote mm-hmm. with a kid I went to high, not high school, middle school with, and then after our drummer quit, we decided we can't really go anywhere with this we'll just take a break and that's when i played most of my uh, stuff with rocket mouth uh-huh and then after camp jam that year i played with a bunch of kids who like metal and my mom really really liked it she thought that i was a really good performer in that and so she said hey you need to like put yourself out there maybe craigslist ad or something and then we get all the bandmates from the craigslist ad me meeting people at school and eventually we had five members in which i could just sing for the band that lasted one gig oh in which we were like working on the ep uh one of the guitarists wouldn't just wouldn't show up for anything and so he quit eventually to to like find more time in his in his day and we just wrote it and we were happy with the lineup that we had and we just went with it we disbanded in late 2015 i i hit up austin i hit up uh the old the other guitarist that uh was having the troubles and uh kid that i went to jazz band with and we were then a <clears throat> three-piece band we no we were a four-piece band until yeah, yeah in, we were, until we, were, we uh until until we parted ways with the lead guitarist again in which he became the rhythm guitarist i became the lead guitarist he also took bass duties when recording the album mm. and yeah <clears throat> More and more iterations. We were at the final one with Mel, me, uh, Austin, and Thomas. When I met Dan in high school, he thought that I was like some twenty-three-year-old kid that hung out at high school parties. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he he looked a little old. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Actually, no. I met I met you when I was a freshman. You were still in middle school. Yeah, I was so still. I, did, I still was. Middle I didn't school. have any background. And he thought I was a twenty-three-year-old kid that hung out at high school parties. And I was like, well, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. No, when I first joined the band, like me and Dan became like 
like not close to the time I just follow him home because I was bored. Like <laughs> like one of those things. I had no idea how to play any instrument at all besides the trombone. And so, really, so when I joined, I joined the band. He goes, uh, he's like, you say you play right, and I was like, yeah, I'm just not very good. And I fu- I fucking lied to him. I don't know how to play shit. And uh, he's like, all right, you're the bass player. Then the first ever practice, I get to uh, dance basement and I uh, play one note. And it was absolute trash. So Dan then gave me one of his guitars, and I had to learn the entire EP before we did anything. So I had no sleep. I put blood, sweat, and tears into Dan's guitar. Don't fucking hate me for that. It was an accident. It's fine. And uh, yeah, I cut my finger open on his guitar. I learned the entire EP in two weeks, and then I was still shitty enough to be the bass player. So he's like, yeah, you can be the bass player. I had absolutely no idea how to play any instrument when I joined the band, and now... I can say for the five years that we've been in the band, mm-hmm. I am one of the uh, uh, better players than I was before. Yeah. So I was going to say I'm the best in Urbana because, you know, fuck everybody. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Karthik is the best guitarist in Urbana. Karthik plays guitar with a violin bow. He, said, he is the best yeah. ever. <laughs> and he said he was going to be the best, so we just let him be the best. He's the best. Right. He's going to be the very best that no one ever was. He is the best. If you're looking for He's the best guitarist in Nirvana, Karthik. Birth- 100%. Motherfucking birthday cookie, Karthik. Of course he realized. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, episode 27. Karthik, I love you. Please, please respond. (laughs) (laughs) If there is a show in Champaign-Urbana, he's there. He's gonna be there. Yeah. He's that guy. How would you classify your, your, music i'm sorry i have i have now gotten into the whole you know there's metal and then there's all the subgenres, and then mm-hmm. and then even within those subgenres, there's other, new sub genres and it the, it's a rabbit hole that just keeps on giving right yeah. so i mean how would you classify your so me and dan narrowed it down because i was like because whenever people would ask us what we are i'm like yeah you know what uh, we're metallica with hints of trivium and static x and motorhead and behemoth <laughs> and pantera and uh, uh-huh. joking but uh lay like all the way like to the nitty gritty it was like thrash core because like it was kinda, okay kind of like speedy thrash riffs with breakdowns and uh yeah from then on it was metalcore like just mm-hmm. basic metalcore but uh yeah i don't really know i how heard to classify some it. i heard some thrash in the last in the last uh and gun to your head myself i mean that's kind of yeah. how i did that and then it, like mm. other songs in her album like uh corporate greed is very thrashy like the riff yeah uh the song joke which is one of my personal favorites on the song because I wrote the riff. <laughs> like, that's uh, that's pretty. No thrashy. egos here. No, no <laughs> egos at all. We're actually uh, yeah. progressive, easy, blackened ska core. Jaws, jazz just, core, jaws core. Now you're just throwing words <laughs> words at the wall. Disbanded. That's, mm. <laughs> that's that's what our genre is. Yeah. So with uh, corporate greed, that was released. Uh, was that two years ago? March of 2018. We released our single <coughs> off that album, Face of Sin, before... The in, was, like, in like... 2017. 17, yeah. Oh, okay. In October. Yeah. It's kind of sad when a when a band breaks up, and the last time that I saw you, you, you had a great show, and it was amazing, but... Thank you. I, I, Thanks. I just... Uh, is it just a matter of time and energy and, like, trying to keep stuff together or just, you know... Honestly, I could... I could do this, like, until I die, but, like, there was a... I, I don't know how to say it. There was, like, 
creative differences and like yeah. li- literally Dan would tell me a reason and I would try and like have a comeback with it because I did not want it to end at all. No, I think there was like a, a little bit of differences and then everything with the lineup change every month. It was kind of hard mm-hmm. on us. The songwriting, you know, there wasn't one specific thing that was pressing. It was every little thing at one time made one big clusterfuck. If, yeah. right. know, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. There's the idea that there's always the straw that breaks the camel's back. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. but you can't identify which straw that really was. It's yeah. just that it's just way too many straws. Metal is not necessarily just even at the top if you're going to talk yeah. about that as a genre is not necessarily my best subject is it a drop d or drop c this song but, was in drop a was it really yeah, yeah. huh because we're brutal and heavy and everything we do has to be we're super heavy heavy bro so why do you think that that granted it gives a certain sound to the guitar when mm. it, when you've got a dropped like a drop tuning like the strings just we have vibrate to, more and they're yeah. grittier or something but I th- I but think, why do you think that 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 goes with that that genre so much i think you can make any tuning sound fucking awesome if you like try hard enough like you know megadeth and metallica like slayer and anthrax the big four in general do that very well with like the standard like e-tuning yeah. but like with us we thought it'd be cool to uh drop the strings down and like do what we would do with the normal tuning but like make it heavier so to speak some riffs actually sound cooler in a different tuning well i almost think that it's like the uh the callback and answer of you look at folk music and they use the capo that brings the tuning up but Mm -hmm. like but you know like metal you do the drop tuning that that does does that same kind of change of something where it's just like you'd be using some of the same fingerings but you're changing the key and that key has its own sense right. of yeah like every music. every key speaks for itself to add on to the any tuning can sound good for anything if you really know what you're doing with what i've been writing recently which has been very inspired by uh silverstein like really early silverstein when they almost sounded like uh 90s midwestern emo uh they're still 90s midwestern emo <laughs> no they're not they're from canada <laughs> eh? yeah that's midwestern emo eh no, that's what are you talking uh, about? Canadian. Would would it be Canadian Prairie, Toronto? Canadian Blues. That's emo for yeah. What? But it's, yeah, um, I've been writing stuff inspired by that in Drop C, and I wasn't like trying to make it sound like the absolute heaviest I could possibly write, and I think I achieved that. So you can pretty much just use any tuning you want with anything. You just need to know how to use it. Yeah, right. I, can, I can vouch for that. Dan's uh, dance performances lately, like I'll go see him at open mic because we're still friends. Because yeah. we're, yeah. we're not we're not one of those. But yeah, it sounds it sounds really good. The latest thing I've done, my uh, my brother Taryn, otherwise known as TJP, is a hip hop artist uh-huh. from here, and uh, he wanted to put me on a song with him. Yeah. So we wrote a song where it was like. And then just like rap, so it was like better limp biscuit, you know, like <laughs> like heavy limp biscuit. That's kind of what it was. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not horrible, but like it's it's something. It's pretty cool. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. 
Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the scene a little bit. You mm-hmm. you both uh I think you you grew up in the Belleville area, or did I screw yeah. that up, right? Yeah, the okay. Be- around Belleville, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Austin, where did you... Oh. I, uh, I emerged from under a rock back in 2012, and I started my journey in this accursed planet. Okay, very good. <laughs> no, um, I was... I was So Danville. <laughs> <laughs> I was born and raised in Hell, Michigan. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm from here. Okay. I'm, I'm fucking lame. I I made one joke that I was from Michigan and everybody like <laughs> everybody latched on to it. Like, bro, no shit, you're from Detroit. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> you said that cuz you wanted to be Eminem. <laughs> no, I wanted to be I wanted to be Eminem when I was 13 because I thought he was like the coolest fucking dude ever. So like I cut my hair and dyed it blonde and wore white t-shirts and I was, <laughs> and I was Slim Shady. You weren't you weren't the real Slim Shady. You were the side one. I was, I, was, I was the 21 Jump Street Slim Shady. So you've been playing around since 2015. I yeah. mean, probably yeah. and, and earlier or... Me since like 2012. Okay. So and- I, got, I, I don't know how to explain this one. I got my guitar when I was eight and I played it for a year and I was like, you know, I suck. Goodbye. And then uh, me and this kid from Muhammad were like, hey, you want, let's start a band. So we... Uh, Came up with the name Spilling Satan's Blood. I don't know why it's a thing, but <clears throat> it is. And so uh, we uh, we drew our own t-shirts, wrote SSB on them, and we thought we were fucking cool when it was like the biggest train wreck ever. And then uh, uh, me and my buddy Michael <clears throat> started this band called uh, Empire, Empire of Corpses. <laughs> it was so fucking lame. Cause, with like, a K? With, with a K, because he liked corn. So, so we we had it we had it with a K and a backwards R, and I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I'll just play guitar. And he told me he could fucking drum, like he was the shit, the drummer from Urbana. I take him in the guitar center. He hits the snare drum once, and he's like, yeah, I can't drum. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out. It's like I I'm a head out. But uh, <laughs> so that's where the solo shit came in. Uh huh. Just uh doing random crap here and there. I've never really gigged a lot. I've gigged one place, and it was at a. Dublin O'Neill's. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. It was because uh, my aunt had cancer, so they were doing a benefit thing. Oh. I uh, played guitar there. And then <clears throat> I just gave up. And then Dan was like, hey, not for the faint of heart broke up. And I was like, ooh, word? So hmm. I uh, <clears throat> I lied and said I could play. So <laughs> I uh, joined the band. Uh, so I kind of wonder how many people start off in a band and they're just like this is terrible i'm never gonna do this again but you went ahead and still did it austin you didn't you yeah. didn't say like fuck this you kept doing it try to imagine how many people were just like this isn't for me and then they yeah. could have gotten better and they could have done because as i said like i i feel like not for the faint of heart you're 
your sets are solid. It's not like anything amateurish about you. So it's right. it's like starting from a point of not knowing what the hell you're doing at all, but deciding to go ahead and do it. I think that's that's amazing. I mean, I mean something you know. something. I don't know if this is on topic or not, but like with uh, with not for the faint of heart. Whenever we would write a song. We listen to it and then play something completely fucking better that should have gone into the song. <laughs> so we just give up on the song. We did that a lot. And then like live, we would input what we would have done on the recording. So oh. if you listen to, this is off topic, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah. if you listen to the uh, record and then you hear us live, it's way different than what it is, basically. How would you describe it as different? There's, so what you're doing is different. It's the same song, but there's a fuckload more of like you know excessive drumming here or like pinch harmonics there and then dan going blah there or like just, yeah, yeah you know stuff like that there's uh there's also like uh sometimes i add leads onto places is there like a favorite venue that you played at i think overall imc yeah we played way more at the imc than we did at any other venue we start yeah. we started getting uprising at the iron post bar but like IMC was like our bread and butter, like our star, right. like our biggest show was at the IMC. Uh, where I learned how to guitar solo was at the IMC. Maybe I'm just interviewing all the right people, but it does seem like every single interview that I ask people that the IMC is like people's favorite venue, yeah. and also just it's. And it's, I, well, that's because yeah. you're interviewing the DIY scene. Yeah, and I think it's. And I think a big thing there is that uh, there's like a sense of this isn't someone's. I mean, no offense to people to run shows out of their basement. Those shows are really cool, but like there's a sense of for like people that don't really show up in the DIY scene all that much they don't really want to go to someone go into someone's basement and so they have a place to go there and they like they like that about the IMC and what we like about the IMC is that if you if you know how to if you know how to run sound if you know how to uh, if you're respectful and all that you can so easy to get a gig there you don't have to book like three months in advance yeah like it's you you can just pick a time and there it is no yeah i was gonna say the imc is very like free and liberating like to do as you please like to an extent obviously but like yeah, yeah i don't i don't know what it is about it it's like a very it makes you feel like you know what you're doing you know what i mean <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah just at being an all-ages venue, I, I feel like a lot of the music, I guess you could just say on the heavier side, tends to be in venues that are not all-ages. Oh, yeah. And I feel like definitely yeah. that's one of those things that there's nothing greater to me is when someone can hear something, a new genre or some new way of playing for the first time and have that experience and, and be able to like kind of put that in the back of their head and, and like process it and then bring it out in their own way. So I feel it's important that those that are, you know, not of drinking age or whatever, that, that when you have an all ages venue, that that exposure to different genres of music that, that yeah. you know, I, I feel like that, that just affects everybody in terms of the way that they view the world. I think the more that you're exposed to, the more that you're, the more accepting you are of other people and other ideas. And there's one thing I'd like to add to that is that I probably would have never been into metal if it weren't for me seeing videos of Metallica playing shows when I was like nine, watching A Mono Marth at Vakken Open Air, all those bands that go through all those, uh, 
European festivals, seeing the atmosphere, seeing everybody having fun, seeing seeing people get a little aggressive but respectful with it really helped me get into metal. And also, when I was uh, a freshman in high school, I went and saw the Black Dahlia Murder at 51 main i saw them when it was when it was the accord i saw them with lorna shore and at first not for the faint of heart was probably going to be like a screamo band like we were really into the red jumpsuit apparatus and i'd say the the farthest metal we were we ever were at that point was uh we played in waves and mm-hmm. your betrayal by bullet from a valentine but then i saw the black dahlia murder and i was just like death metal 24 7 and i think that's kind of what led to the huh. original disbanding what got me into metal i honestly i couldn't tell you it just happened because nobody in my family was like into uh that kind of thing my mom was like deadly hung over new kids on the block and my dad was a DJ, so, like, hip-hop, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know what happened. Like, it started with uh, waking up at 3 in the morning to, like, the show Metalocalypse being on TV. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. And uh, I watched Beavis and Butthead. So, Pantera, Metallica, uh, this band called Guar. I saw on Beavis and Butthead, and I was like, holy fucking shit, what is that? And so, uh, yeah, I looked up what Guar was, and that was, like, it. And then... uh my next door neighbor was like overly obsessed with Metallica, like seen him 20 mm-hmm. times, blah, 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 blah. So he gave me a copy of their album, Ride the Lightning. And I, when I listened to that, <clears throat> like that was it. Like Metallica 24-7, like that was all I listened to. So like that's what did it for me. Is, uh, so what is your favorite Metallica album? Just curious. Uh, Ride the Lightning. Because it was my that's... first It was my first album. Everybody's like, dude, huh. Ma- Master of Puppets is the shit. But like... Master of Puppets is, like, really commercial. Like, the songwriting's fucking genius. The rest are amazing. Mm. But, like, Kill em All, Ride the Lightning, even the mixtape. It was, like, raw, aggressive, like, pissed off, yeah. fuck you attitude. And then, uh, but, yeah. Honestly, I kind of like the middle middle of the road with uh, Ride the Lightning. Whereas you get the energy from Kill em All and you get the maturity of Master of Puppets like all mixed into one. Hmm. Yeah, like Ride the Lightning for me was like the album. Huh. Yeah, like, uh, well, yeah, my first Metallica album was the And Justice for All and then I went yeah. from there. Also, also, also a good album. Which, but, but that's a lot more like thrash and then Yeah, it's thrashy. Yeah. And then and you go back to, and then I think following that I went to Kill Em All and then, which is is so very like raw and like yeah. like you, you can tell that they're still kind of in their infancy inter- as as a band. And I mean, you got Cliff Burton who's different, but Cliff, um, Cliff was like the only like real musician when Metallica started. Not not uh, dis- not discriminating any of their talents, but like Cliff was the one that knew what he was doing. And then James Kirk and Lars, or not Kirk, James Kirk Hammett, J- James Dave Lars, uh, Ron McGovney, like all the old dudes before Kirk. And then oh Kirk, Kirk oh himself. right right I forgot about that. Huh. That's yeah, right. Out, like, out of everybody, Cliff was like the one who studied music, the one who knew about harmony, the one yeah. who, the one who knew what he was doing. Hmm. Like, yeah. Now, I wouldn't have been into Metallica had it not been for Guitar Hero. The first song also, I ever also same. Yeah, first song I ever heard from them was One, and I liked that oh. a lot because it had the 
I thought that was like the really the, the coolest thing ever. And then I go to Guitar Hero 4, it had Trapped Under Ice, which uh. now that's my favorite album, but I didn't really have any context going up to that. I heard that one, I was just like, this new Metallica sucks, <laughs> but it wasn't new Metallica, <laughs> no. it was older Metallica. Right. <laughs> but then uh. I like listened to more songs from them and I just... And I was like, okay, now I can see where they got to this. Yeah, and uh, you can ask Dan. In high school, I was such a Metallica fan. I yeah. absolutely fucking hated Megadeth <laughs> because because that whole war. Yeah. Right, right. You played also at the Iron Post a little bit. Yes. And yeah. uh, anywhere else that you've played we around played town? At, or? at the Canopy Club. We've played at our high school parking lot. We've, yes. uh, um, we were the high school band we, at we, the time. We played at the Urbana Free Library's basement three times? Two uh, times? Three times? Two? Two times for uh, yeah, their, two times. their zombie prom. The first incarnation of the band played Error Records. Right. And then they shut down. Yeah, and then they shut down, became CUCD and Vinyl, and moved to different they couldn't they couldn't get the venue space like i hit right. them up and i'm like uh do you have venues can do you do shows still and they're like yeah but someone bought the venue space and come to find out it was like some jewelry gallery or something champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support jubilee cafe Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening. Located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Hockey. No, 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 no! I'm sp- okay. Who wants to like? Who who wants to be asked first? Oh, okay. Dan, Dan. Okay. Well, so ready. Here we go. Dan, do it again. What is your favorite non-musical thing? Hockey. Okay. <laughs> and okay. So uh, I I like grew up near St. Louis, uh-huh. so, and one of the things that I would always see was like especially because i grew up when like the blues were the i think i think there's a whole bunch of artifacts that my dad had from when the blues were the president's trophy winner and from like when they got gretzky and like oh this is gonna be our year then yeiserman from center ice he shoots he scores you know but anyway, there's like a whole bunch of stuff left over from that that he still had. Like he had a poster up on his wall in his uh, in the room that he taught in, 
and I just never knew too much about it until I was like eight years old and I got into baseball. I got in the Cardinals and all that. I started throwing the ball up to myself and just catching it and I got really good at baseball and then and then it got cold out and I was like well it's too cold for baseball like what's a cold sport and then I think hockey and then all of a sudden I'm like really into the blues I get street hockey stuff I'm out firing clappers at a cooler (laughs) (laughs) just ripping sweet clappers at a cooler when I was eight years old I turned 12. It's after the 2011 World Series. I like how baseball is always a gateway there. Uh-huh. 2011 World Series. Cardinals win it all. It was a miracle season. We came back in the last minute. We were down to our final strike twice. Ended up winning the World Series. And I was just like, okay, time for the Blues to win a Stanley Cup. They fire their coach. They get Ken Hitchcock. Mm-hmm and have a really good season. It was probably one of the best ones I had seen at the time. We get past the first round for the first time since the 90s, and we get swept by the Kings. Violent Gentleman comes along. Bench Clears comes along. There's, like, all this really cool merch. It's about hockey and hardcore, too. So it's like mixing my favorite things together. And then the Blues won the Stanley Cup, and now I'm just a hockey guy. You're sold. Is, well, it, is it my turn now? Well, um, wait, actually, wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. Actually, Austin, hockey. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Austin. Yes. What is your favorite non-musical thing? Hockey. Is it really? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you get to talk. To- yeah. Oh, anyway. Damn. That's another reason why me and Dan are friends. Hockey. But are you both St. Louis Blues fans? Uh, no, I am a uh, Detroit Red Wings fan. Oh, right. But the Blues are. So you like Squid? Maybe. <laughs> isn't that isn't that the the yeah, Red Wings? Don't you toss Al or something? Don't you toss? Don't they toss Squid on? Yeah, the, they throw yeah. they throw Squid yeah. on the rink. But but no no. Dan and Austin, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you all for the way. Thank to you Sonoris and yeah, uh, telling me all about your song "Gun to Your Head." Well, as much as you can about yeah. your wait, song. Wait, wait, wait. I'm can, just can, can, can we note that we only talked about the song for five minutes? We talked about a lot and of things. Like, the rest was and that's good. hockey and Metallica. Metallica <laughs> dropped tuning and. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, you know we'll catch you around and see what else you come up with in your next bands your next iterations of music your whatever it's gonna be great so thank you so much for coming out thank you for listening thank you for listening to champagne, champagne is, is awesome, awesome a band, band podcast. podcast this is dan wachtel this is austin yancey from not for the faint of heart reminding Remind you, you great, great music, music is, is out, there. out there go find go it find where you it live where you live
said champagne is also a podcast. <laughs> did I fucking really? Yes, you yes. did. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck. Thank you for listening to podcast is also a champagne. <laughs> you almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Studio. <laughs> <laughs> Speaker on the inside.